trust this kid any further than I can throw him. Oh, well, he's very popular. The Sportos, the Motorheads, Geeks, Bloods, Wasteoids, Weebies, they all adore him. A.D. Roundtree. They think he's a righteous dude. On KC95. Oh, hey, you. Good morning. How's it going? How are you? It's A.D. Roundtree, Jenna, and oh, look who it is checking in from Phoenix. John, you man, you lit. How you doing, dude? Good morning. Fine, fine. Good, good. Uh, Excellent to have you here with us. Welcome to this, your Wednesday edition of the AD Show. Yeah, your Wednesday. You know what that means? That means you, my friend, are already halfway through yet another week. This is no small accomplishment. You're doing awesome. Hang in there. You got this. You are a badass. And if you need something, if there's anything me, the you man, or Jenna can do for you to make your Wednesday better, hit us up. We are here with you. We are here for you. One of the ways we can make your Wednesday better is this. The Simon and Garfunkel story, John. You hear about this? No, I haven't. What's going on? Happening at the factory. It's this big Simon and Garfunkel immersive experience with pictures and film on a giant screen and a full live band. Sounds pretty good, right? Yeah. What is that? Um, Jenna, have you the information about the Simon and Garfunkel experience I, at the factory? I do. It's Friday, February 2nd at the factory in Chesterfield. Ah, February. It's right there in your backyard, John, and you're going to miss it. Yeah, unfortunately. Well, I'll check and see if it's down here. It's mm. out here. Mm. This is the uh, price that you pay for being able to do Snowbird Radio from your undisclosed location in <laughs> Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah. How's that going well, for you? How? I, I, go I on. I meant to see the Eagles when they were here for two nights, and I forgot <laughs> last weekend. I don't really know how you forget to see uh, the I know. Eagles. I, I, I did. Mm. <laughs> Passed me right by. Yeah, well, hard. Yeah, it's going good. It's going good. I've been doing some babysitting. I uh, had my little grandson with me most of the afternoon and early evening last uh-huh. night. Uh-huh. And uh, what else? It was kind of a rainy day. A little bit of rain. Oh. You know how that is. Having it made rains. it through the subarctic freeze of 2024, our hearts go out to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, I'm playing golf tomorrow, so oh. that? Yeah, it's rough. You know what? I, I have to admit, John, talking to you in this way, and by the way, you sound clear as a bell. If we didn't, if we didn't tell people that you were in Arizona, I don't think they'd have any idea that they that you weren't standing right across from us here in the studio. It makes me a little bit envious of you, not just because you get to do it from a warmer place, but if you are like me, you spent a good amount of the whole COVID situation telecommuting. It's obviously a terrible situation, but I did the vast majority of my radio broadcasting during that time from my room in Vegas, and it was an awesome, easygoing time with the caveat of you don't have to wear pants for literally anything. And (laughs) bearing that in mind, I have a private bet with myself. If I was taking the vast majority of my Zoom meetings pants-free below the waist is my personal joke on my co-workers at the time, if I was doing boxer brief underwear radio across the nation, my private bet to myself was this. Jenna, I came in this morning. I was like, John, do you want to set up the cameras so we can see each other and communicate? And he was like, nah, nah, that, that, that won't be necessary. You're not wearing pants, are you, John? Um, yeah, I'm in my underwear. <laughs> the AD Roundtree Show. Welcome to the party, pal. Mornings on KC95. All right, so strap in for an un- for a pantsless <laughs> broadcast from the U-Man, Jenna, and AD. Like, 95 is the AD show. AD, 
Jenna and you, man, checking in from Phoenix, Arizona, doing pants-free underwear radio from the privacy of his Snowbird residence. How are you today, sir? Oh, it's going real good. Mm -hmm. And you inform us that they're burgundy, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, the burgundy. burgundy, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Isn't his setup in the kitchen? Yeah, yeah, where are you posted up right now? Yeah, I'm, it's in the in the kitchen area. Yeah, it's got a little a little uh, a little uh, business nook, business nook, computer kind of area. Cancel yeah. snug. Yeah, when you when you're when you're doing the broadcast without the benefit of clothing on your lower body, I think that you should reserve the expression business nook for a different occasion. <laughs> the AD Show with AD Roundtree. Mornings on KC95, St. Louis's classic rock. John, now you are a, a, how do you call it, what do you call it, semi-retired, half-ass DJ? Half-ass retired DJ. Half-ass retired DJ. You have significantly more time on your hands, right? Um, yeah, but I'll tell you, I've been pretty doggone busy doing stuff down here for the radio station since I got here. Right. Now, let me yeah. ask you this. When it comes to your non-professional time, how much of that does your beautiful wife, Ruth, dictate? Like, how much of your time does she account for? I.e., does she give you the freedom to go do what the hell you want, when the hell you want to do it, now you're retired and you've worked hard your entire life for that? Yeah. Uh, Well, no, I'd say, yeah, for the most part, I'm free to do what I like to do. But uh, there there are things that uh, we do together from time Uh, to time. Well, if you are looking for an excuse to bail on your family responsibilities and go drink beer and watch sports with your friends, you are in luck. A very reputable university study has found that it's super good for your health. Oh, yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. How so and what exact verbiage should you use when you're leaving your wife elbow deep in diapers and dishes? Or ladies, what should you be on the lookout for when he tries to bail on you for boys' night? We'll discuss this right around 6.30 in Fun Facts to Make You Sound Smart. Fun Facts. That make you sound smart. Learn stuff. Win prizes. KC95. It is 6.30 on this Wednesday morning. It is time now, John and Jenna, and you listening for fun facts to make you sound smart. Here's what you do. You drop these into conversation. You strike back against boring chit-chat around the water cooler. You make the world a more interesting and edifying place. And you appear even more witty, charming, and informed than you already are. It's a win-win-win situation, right, John? It is. Of course, it depends on how you approach it mentally. I mean, if you're like, hey, you know what I know? And right. you don't know. No, you got to slide this stuff yeah, in got, really artfully. Yeah, slide it in. Yeah. yeah. Slide it in. Slide it in artfully. <laughs> Sometimes the jokes write themselves, John. That's what they do at 6.30 in the morning. All right, let's slide this one in artfully. Uh, the last NFL game to end in a 0-0 tie. You know what that was, John? Do I know what that was? Mm-hmm. Last was. NFL game. Oh, where? Who or when? Uh, it was uh, It was recently, I think. Last year, maybe. The uh, last NFL game to end in a 0-0 tie. You are off by uh, several decades. It was the New York <laughs> Giants against the Detroit Lions in 1943. You would not have won that bet. No, I would have lost that. But Did it's good to know. Yeah, it's good to know. We'll see. Now you can drop that into conversation while people are saying, wasn't it last year? Like, no. As it turns out, not. Don't mean to drop this on you, but you could not be more wrong if you tried. Yeah, it was the Jets and who? It was the New York Giants against the Detroit Lions in 1943. Are you by any chance pulling for the Detroit Lions uh, this season now that everybody else is out of it? 
I mean, uh, you know, me and the NFL, I'm, I still harbor this hate for the NFL. So mm-hmm. I'm not really rooting for anybody. But I know one thing I'm rooting against the Kansas City Chiefs. Hate them. Yeah. Well, you yeah. do that thing where you place the jinx bet, right? You bet on the Chiefs in the hopes yeah. that your rotten luck will make them lose. And if right. they win, you still make money so you feel okay about it. Right, right. Before I put a hundred bucks on them to win the Super Bowl, it'll pay me eight hundred. Uh huh. I hope I lose, and, and, <laughs> and I did it to try to make them lose, but they keep winning. Uh, well, you know, it's a win-win situation. Like fun facts to make you sound smart, John. The first cereal that offered kids a prize. You know what that was? Uh, was it, uh, was it, uh, cream of wheat? It was not cream of wheat, and I take issue with you calling that a cereal as opposed to the delicious yet sloppy meal that it is. Let me ask you this. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Hold on, let me just, uh, ding you appropriately for your spot-on guess. It was all the way back in 1909. People who bought two boxes could send away for a book called Funny Jungle Land Moving Pictures. Yeah, cream of wheat was cereal back when people's teeth would fall out of their heads in their 30s. Oh, my gosh. Do you go savory or sweet cream of wheat? Like, when you eat that stuff, is it a milk and sugar situation? Or I know some people that'll put, like, salt and pepper on their cream of wheat. Which way do you go? Yeah. Wow, no, I just I do it in regular. I don't add anything. I enjoy a little bit of cinnamon sugar on my cream of wheat with some milk. It's delicious. And my mom used to make me cream of wheat. I stopped eating cream of wheat as an adult because I realized that you basically needed a power washer to get it out of the pan that you cooked it in. It became this hard cement-like crust. And I was like, if it's doing that to the cookware, what's it doing to my insides? I don't know if this is a good thing. Hey, nine seven. I think your body knows how to handle it. Nine seven four eleven eleven. Out of curiosity, apropos of nothing, what was your favorite free toy that you got growing up? Obviously, if you were uh, getting Kellogg's cornflakes, funny jungle and moving pictures in nineteen oh nine, you're terribly, terribly old. But what was your favorite free toy that you got back in the day, John? Do you remember? Well, I mean, for me, it was any kind of ball. I mean, the the ball gets overlooked. You watch these shows where they say, oh, the greatest toys ever invented. Nobody ever mentions the ball. The freaking ball. Yeah, the ball is like the key to every, almost every sport. So, you know, for me, I love balls. You know what I saw the other day? I was at, you you know that little, it's probably not far from where you live. There's like a little antiques mall in Chesterfield. I was antiquing as is my rock and roll want. I know what that is. Yeah. yeah, okay. So I went in there, and you know what they had? And I love these when I was a kid. They don't qualify as toys, but you got them for free with, like, X number of purchases of Happy Meals. Do you remember those Camp Snoopy glasses that you got from McDonald's? It had all these, like, illustrations of the Peanuts gang camping over the summertime on them? No, I don't remember that. Oh, man. They used to do great stuff like that. They used to have all kinds of glass. Glasses seemed to be a big giveaway. They're like, oh, young children things that can break and be sharp and cut them to pieces we see no problem with this and i had the full set all right yeah wow if you are looking for an excuse to bail on your family responsibilities and go drink beer and watch sports with your friends a very reputable university has found that it's really good for your health how so i hear you ask and what exact verbiage should you use when you're bailing on your family leaving the wife elbow deep in diapers and dishes or ladies what you should you be on the lookout for when your guy tries to leave you for a boy's night out? It's this, John. 
try this out with Ruth later on when she objects to you playing another round of golf. An Oxford University study concluded that men need at least two guys' nights a week to stay healthy. That's a lot. That's a lot. But it comes from the director of Oxford University's Social and Evolutionary Neuroscience Research Group. So, you know, it's toppy-notchy educational stuff. And they were very specific with the prescription in the study. And it's this, John. Men must physically meet with four friends two times a week in order to experience the benefits of male friendship. Hmm. Well, I mean, it, it, it is important to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, hang with buddies from time to time. I mean, you I don't know about you, but when I'm with different groups of people, I'm kind of a different person. Mm-hmm. So it does bring out aspects of my personality based on who I'm with, mm-hmm. which is probably a good mental exercise. Yeah. Also, yeah. they say the benefits include general health and wellness. Uh, you recover faster from illness and you even have higher levels of friendliness and generosity. They went on to recommend that when you get together with your male friends, you don't just hang out. You take part in an activity like uh, playing or watching sports and drinking beer. Yeah. All of this sounds great, John. Great, I tell you. Great. Until you find out that the study was paid for by the fine folks over at the Guinness Brewing Company. So (laughs) close. Make the most of your morning with A.D. Roundtree. My morning show. My morning show rocks. St. Louis's classic rock. You always need to consider the source, I suppose. <laughs> All right, John, we talked about this on last, uh, last time on Fun Facts to Make You Sound Smart. You know how everyone says McDonald's Coke tastes better than other Cokes? Yes or no? Is this true? Is McDonald's Coke really actually different to other Coke? And if so, why? It's the AD Show. AD, you man in from Phoenix and Jenna. Welcome to the show and samples. How are you? I'm doing awesome. Living the dream. Excellent. Glad to hear it. All right. We talked about it last time on Fun Facts to Make You Sound Smart. You know how everyone says McDonald's Coke tastes better than other other Cokes? Yes or no? Is this true? Is McDonald's Coke really different from other Coke? Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you remember why? I do. Go it's ahead. Because they have it in a metal container. That's right. Not in a bag. Yeah, yeah. Coca-Cola delivers to McDonald's in stainless steel containers. Every other restaurant gets theirs in plastic bags. It goes back to their unique relationship in the 1950s as McDonald's started to expand around the globe. It turned to its good old boy buddies, Coca-Cola, as a beverage dealer and used their offices as a base of operations and came up with this agreement where that was the way that they and only they would get their Coca-Cola syrup delivered. Also, they say that uh, they serve the Coke using wider than average straws so all that Coke taste can hit your taste buds all at once. And and you can feel free to make your own highly obvious joke about a bigger straw making things taste better. I certainly wouldn't stoop so low. <laughs> uh, you are on your way to see the Simon and Garfunkel story at the factory. Hold the line, all right? Thank you. Fun facts. That make you sound smart. Learn stuff. Win prizes. KC95. It's the AD Show. AD, you man in from Arizona. And Jenna, good morning, you two. Hi. Hey, what's up? As you know, John... Local Missouri teachers have been making international headlines recently, mostly when their OnlyFans are discovered. You you know what OnlyFans is, right, John? No, I don't know what that is. Huh? John knows what it is. I I do not. What is it? Only... Okay. I'm just going to go with this. OnlyFans is... 
a platform for adult creators. So essentially, you can make yourself some home porn and sell it to the masses through this particular website. That's what OnlyFans is. You, you're unfamiliar with this? Really? People are sure doing are. that? People are doing that. And the, John, this is local news. There were two teachers at the same school, not far from here, St. Clair, that you know were making not enough money to get by on, so they started OnlyFans accounts, got discovered, I think, by their students, and this got international news headlines, and now they've been bounced from their jobs as teachers. However, they became millionaires in matters of weeks because everyone's buying their naked content. You did not hear about this? Wow. No, I've not heard about it. I mean, I, I've been out of the loop, I guess. I mean, you know, I'm out here, not there. How long has this story been going on? No, no, this is making international news headlines. Friends of mine from England were just like, oh, you live down the road from those naked teachers. I'm like, I don't live down the road from them or anything. But yeah, that is a local story. Oh, so much to catch up on. But like, yeah. as you, I guess, didn't know, John, local Missouri teachers have been making international headlines recently through their OnlyFans. But this, this pales in comparison to the story of a Missouri Christian school teacher who in local news recently got popped for trying to murder her husband. Especially when you hear how she did it. How did she attempt to do it? We'll get into it in the news. What we would like to do first is say thank you so much for joining us. If you are just getting here, good morning. It's AD Roundtree. You man checking in from Phoenix, Arizona. And Jenna, good morning, you two. Hi. The next thing we got to do is remind you that at 7.30 in the 30-second song challenge, you'll have another chance to win your way in to see the mighty, mighty Judas Priest. And what's on deck for Final Vinyl, Jenna? Today, we are going to put two Bon Jovi songs against each other. We are going to do Raise Your Hands and Social Disease. Go vote on my Twitter at Jenna on Radio. Because this day in rock history, Bon Jovi's Slippery One Wet was in at number one. Let's do some news. What in the hell? In an effort to avoid personal responsibility and adulting at any cost, the AD Show brings you all the least important stories of the day. It's the What in the Hell Headline News. Good morning, Jenna. Good morning, AD. What in the hell is going on and who the hell brings us that? The news is brought to you by the Frankly to Auto Outlet at Frankly to Mitsubishi. Every vehicle is 29 down at yeslita.com. The Detroit Lions have reached the NFC Championship for the first time since 1991. Impressive, right, John? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you see people crying in the stands and stuff. I mean, sports is, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Sports is emotional, man. It is, especially you, you, you if you're, you're a grown man. You got all your you know faculties about you, and then your team ends up winning something significant. You, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, good for Detroit Lions fans. I think I'm kind of pulling for them. You know, like everything that I was yeah. vaguely interested in was is out of the race now, and because it's sort of like yeah, I don't know. I look at the city of Detroit, and I've had great times in Detroit, and I really like the people I met in Detroit. And Detroit is not a city that's had an easy way to go, so I'm kind of finding it easy to cheer for them in this particular case. But yeah, yeah the Lions yeah. reached the NFC Championship for the first time since 90, 1991, to which Dallas Cowboys fans reacted by asking, what is the NFC Championship? <laughs> it's been a while for them, too. Mm -hmm. I love that. I don't find it as easy to dig down into the subcockle region of my heart and find goodwill toward the people of Dallas for whatever the hell reason, so there is that. Well, Jerry Jones, of course, he was one of the uh, 
one of the maestros in uh, helping Stan Kroenke bolt out of St. Louis. So Yeah, F that guy. <laughs> yeah. And so was the owner of the Kansas City Chiefs. You Chiefs fans out there. Yeah, F that guy too. Yeah. Hugh Hefner's red velvet smoking jacket is expected to auction for thousands. <laughs> I think John should buy it. I believe it. He is first mean, only fans all that uh, that uh, pop culture iconic stuff is yeah pop culture it just keeps going up in in <laughs> interesting usage of the term pop. Yeah, pop goes the weasel. I mean, uh, <laughs> interesting yeah, I mean, usage of the term weasel. <laughs> uh, yeah, as a matter of fact, I saw. I guess it was uh, yesterday. Uh, his wife, his the young wife, he just had Crystal. I think her name was. Uh-huh. Just wrote a book. And she was talking about what a fraud he was in terms of, you know, oh, I'm all about women's liberation and this, that, and the other thing. And he was as controlling as could possibly be. Mm, yeah, well, that red velvet smoking jacket expected to go for a pretty penny. Although, if you're thinking of buying it, you probably want to run a UV light over it first. <laughs> Not bad for what's basically herpes with pockets. One more, Jenna. A Missouri teacher named Sarah Sheffer poisoned her husband with toxic smoothies. <laughs> Nice thing to do, a little bit, anyway. <laughs> Poison your husband with toxic smoothies? Uh, a smoothie, they're good. She is a, be good for you. <laughs> she's a Missouri Christian school teacher. Her name's Sarah Sheffer. Her husband told police she explained the odd taste of one of the smoothies by saying she peed in it. That was the excuse. He was like, this tastes funny. She's like, oh, it's because I peed in it. Oh, he was why fine with you, that. Why would you wow. outright? I uh, don't like know. Sounds like a dumbass. Well, there are... <laughs> what you're saying is he deserved what he got? Oh, no. Nobody deserves that. <laughs> but, it, it, you know, you got to look at the humor in things, folks. Right. And of course, just kidding. <laughs> it begs a whole bunch of questions. This is local news. Uh, lately, Missouri teachers have been in the news for starting their OnlyFans. It pales in comparison to this because over the course of six weeks, starting late last year and ending last week, the 37-year-old Christian school teacher from Jefferson City, the capital city, John. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of important stuff happens there. Allegedly fed her husband a series of poisons smoothies and meals in an apparent attempt to kill him. Fortunately, uh, the smoothies did not end his life. His wife is now facing attempted murder charges in Cole County. When he confronted her about that bitter-tasting smoothie, she said that she'd urinated in it. And then, this is how he caught her. She, he installed a surveillance camera in their kitchen, and it captured her preparing a smoothie using ingredients from a bag labeled Lily of the Valley. Do you know what that is, John? No, I don't. Lily of the Valley is basically... It's a highly toxic flowering plant, and it causes slow and irregular heartbeats and heart attacks, and it's got major toxicity. According to police, the husband described eight instances in which she prepared either food or a beverage for him that had an odd taste and left him in severe physical distress. He did not explain why he kept consuming the food after the fact, (laughs) especially when she said she peed in it. Yeah, I'll check the cupboards down here and make sure I don't see any Lily of the Valley <laughs> stashed in the back somewhere. Eight meals, eight poison meals. If your wife gives you a weird-tasting smoothie and says it tastes bitter because she urinated in it, that's the number one reason, John, that you don't go back for seconds. <laughs> the A.D. Roundtree Show. Welcome to the party, pal. Mornings on KC95. 
CAD show. AD, you man in from Phoenix and Jenna. We lost you man for a little bit there. And we're like, uh oh, after finding out about that teacher who was trying to poison her husband with that toxic flower, Lily, Lily of the Valley is John off checking the basement for Lily of the Valley supplies now that Ruth's out of the house. Yeah, yeah, I didn't see anything in the cupboards or anything, so I guess I'm all right. Uh, I'll keep an eye out. Thanks mm. for letting me know. Yeah, yeah, keep an eye on that cream of wheat. Make the most of your morning with A.D. Roundtree. My morning show. My morning show rocks. KC95, St. Louis's classic rock. Bye-bye now. Dinner's in the fridge. I'll be back. Meatloaf's in the fridge, honey. Yeah. It's the AD Show. AD, you man in from Phoenix and Jenna. We're about to give away, John, those tickets to go see Rob Halford and the rest of Judas Priest in the 30-second song challenge. You saw them? Yeah, I mean, one time, and it was about 20 years ago. I guess it was kind of right after um, Rob Halford got off that fight kick thing and mm -hmm. got back with Judas Priest. It was right around that time period. Oh, it was vintage Priest. Yeah, still when in he his was, prime. Still yeah. in his prime. Yeah. You know what? And out of all those aging metal guys, whenever I see him on stage or whenever I see him on TV, he's still the guy whose voice is just completely under his control. He sounds just like he did on the records. Mm -hmm. It's an amazing thing. You ever read his book? No. Oh, man. I laughed, I cried, I was sick to my stomach by the third chapter. It's an unbelievable read, and he talks yeah. about, he doesn't leave anything on the table, dude. He talks about uh, coming out, how he wanted to kill himself because he was the icon in a world that did not allow him to be himself. He talked about uh, having affairs with pretty much every soldier at Camp Pendleton. He talked wow. about like all this crazy-ass stuff, and it, it's just an amazing an illuminating read and if you loved him before you'll love him even more after reading it it's it's quite the thing but one of my favorite parts of it is he talks about why he has been the opening act for Ozzy Osbourne for pretty much everything Ozzy has done for the last 15 to 20 years and you want to know why yeah if Ozzy has to bail on a performance Sharon Osbourne knows that he knows all the words to every single Ozzy and Sabbath songs because he's oh. such a huge fan that he can stand in for Ozzy at the last moment and he's done it numerous times yeah well isn't Ozzy going to do something here uh, like a one off show or two shows that, that uh, I think over in England or something uh, so Ozzy uh, you know, he's still out there doing it, I guess. Judas Priest to be right there with him, huh? Well, it's supposed to be Ozzy's farewell, farewell stuff. Yeah. But yeah, no, if uh, if Ozzy does ever get back out on the road and play live, look for Judas Priest to be in the wing so that Ozzy can be like, oh, 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 Rob, I'm, oh, 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 I'm feeling a little unwell. Can you handle this? Yes, I can, Oz. The AD Show with AD Roundtree. Mornings on KC95, St. Louis's classic rock. KC95, it's the AD Show. AD, you man checking in from Phoenix and Jenna. John, you know how in the news we were discussing that story about the Christian school teacher in Jefferson City who attempted to murder her husband using that flower, Lily of the Valley? Mm -hmm. There's all sorts of people blowing me up telling me how she might have gotten this idea. 974-1111. Hello? 974-1111, hello? 
Casey, good morning. You wanted to talk about Lily of the Valley that that teacher tried to poison her husband with in Jefferson County? Yeah, I think on the show Breaking Bad, the one episode when when the little kid got poisoned, oh. uh, Jesse's girlfriend's kid. Oh. At the end of the episode, they showed Lily of the Valley growing in Hank's backyard. Oh, no kidding. So maybe that's where I'm she pretty, got the I'm idea to do sure. it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure it was Lily of the Valley. Yeah, if you're getting your murder advice from pop culture, it's probably not going to work out for you, which is probably why the dude's still alive. Very interesting. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Right on. Thanks. Note to self, John. If you're attempting murder, yeah. do not get your guide from network television. <laughs> no, the show. Welcome to the party, pal. Mornings on KC95. It's the AD Show. AD, you man in from Phoenix and Jenna. 974-1111 is the number. Casey, good morning. What's up? AD, good morning to you. No, no, good morning to you. So anyhow, you know what? I've been out here a year or so, and I've been listening to your program, and you absolutely make me laugh and, and awe and so on like that. You are so quick. You are so witty. I really appreciate your DJing, and thank you so much for your participation in the program. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, brother. That's really, really sweet of you to say. Uh, my wife talks about me being quick, but it isn't usually a compliment. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Thank you, too. Bye-bye. The AD Roundtree Show. Welcome to the party, pal. Mornings on KC95. Yeah, John, surprisingly enough, and I don't know if you've had the same experience, but uh, my wife has informed me in no uncertain terms that my rapier wit does not get her midsection singing Sweet Virginia. How about you? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, once you're married, I mean, it takes more than wit. Yeah. It takes, uh, I don't know. Uh, Takes ability. those burgundy briefs. Uh, also, yeah, John. No. Also, John. Yeah. Like, here's the thing about wit in a marriage. Like, they know how the ha ha's and the hee hee sausages are made. Like, I poor use yeah. of the term sausage. But like, <laughs> with my wife, like, to make her laugh, I really have to be throwing the heat because she's like, yeah, something, something about a thing, and then that's how you'd end it, right? I'm like, well, yeah. But she's like, I know these things already. Yeah, and there's a having to be witty uh, four hours a day is a little different than trying to be witty twenty four seven. Yeah, seven days a week. Yeah. All right. Well, Why is Amy finishing your jokes for you? Oh, uh, Amy, my wife is honestly <laughs> the funniest person I've ever met. Here's the thing, though: none of her jokes work outside of the context of our relationship because it's mostly jokes about my jokes not getting her midsection singing "Sweet Virginia." <laughs> trust this kid any further than I can throw him. Oh, well, he's very popular. The sportos, motor hits, geeks, bloods, wasteoids, weebies, they all adore him. A.D. Roundtree. They think he's a righteous dude. On KC95. Oh, hey. You. Good morning. How's it going? How are you? It's A.D. Roundtree. You man checking in from Phoenix, Arizona. How you doing, dude? All right. And Jenna, have you put pants on, John? You started the show yeah. pantsless. You're like, I'm doing it remote. No need to set up the camera. And I was just like, it's because you're not wearing pants, are you, John? And you went to put pants on? 
Of course I did. Over time, you know, just sitting here in the underwear, even I, by myself, start feeling a little guilty. Like, what the hell's wrong with you, dude? Get but, some pants on. Especially because the new home studio in Phoenix, Arizona is set up in your kitchen. And I always feel like it's a bad idea for the whole household to spend too much underwear time in the kitchen. Yeah, it was one t- It was one thing last year when I was in my own bedroom broadcasting. But now, yeah, I'm in the general portions of the, of the facility here. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I probably got to follow some norms. <laughs> Uh, norms, that's what we're calling them now. Good morning. <laughs> if you are just getting here, welcome to your Wednesday edition of the AD Show. Your Wednesday. This means that you, my friend, are already halfway through yet another week. This is no small accomplishment. You're doing awesome. Hang in there. You got this. You are a badass. And if you need something, if there's anything we can do for you to make your Wednesday better, hit us up. We are here with you. We are here for you. One of the ways we can make your Wednesday better is this, John. Hook up to go see Judas Priest in the 30-second song challenge right around 8.30. If you caught the 7.30 song challenge, it's the exact same songs in the exact same order. And the previous contestant got five out of a possible seven. So all the heavy lifting is done for you. 8.30, 30-second song challenge. Set a reminder in your phone. If you are like me, John, you have always, for whatever the hell reason felt horrible for people that had to fight just for the right to be themselves. And we've been talking a little bit on the show today about Rob Halford of Judas Priest. If you've never read that book before, please, please do yourself a favor and check it out because he leaves nothing out. He talks about what it was like growing up gay in the part of England where he was, which was not a famously tolerant part of the world during a tolerant part of that nation's history. And then then he talked about the fact that he felt like the band never really put pressure pressure on him, but he put pressure on himself because he got to the point where he's like, I'm the lead singer of this big metal band. Uh, Again, not a famously tolerant community at the time. And he was like, if I, if I, if I'm just myself, then everybody's paycheck goes away. There's families depending on me keeping up this charade. And it was a really difficult thing for him. Oh yeah, I would imagine so. You know, and I also wonder if and I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist at all, but you got to wonder if he even took on this persona to subconsciously try to hide what what he was, and 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 that in itself ended up putting him in this position of you know struggle, mm. even more so than he thought it could w- would have been. You know, yeah. He thought, I, I think he, maybe he thought that that was going to fix everything. You know, I can come across this this macho heavy metal rock guy, and nobody will know really. You know what I am and it ended up causing him much more consternation than he ever thought it could be. It didn't fix anything. The consternation, that's one of those SAT words. Good job, John. And a sensitively <laughs> a sensitive way to approach the subject. And yeah, like, so the guy who wrote that book is a dude called Ian Gittins. And back in the day when I was in a band in England, he wrote a couple articles about my band for Melody Maker or NME or something like that. We wound up hanging out a little bit and going to the pub and he hit me up. He wrote that uh, he wrote that Nikki Six book, The Heroin Diaries, and he's sort of become this 
his his stock and trade is sort of helping rock stars tell their stories, I guess. But when he wrote it, he when he wrote it with Rob Halford, he was like, "Dude, you have to check this out. It is an insane thing." And uh, he promised me that it would make me laugh, cry, and be sick to my stomach, and did all of that by the third chapter. But the most heartbreaking yeah. part of it was his struggle just to be himself. He knew exactly who he was from day one as well. I think he'd had a girlfriend for a little bit, and he was like, "Yeah, this isn't really me." But I guess this is what people are doing. Do you remember, were you on Keishi when he eventually came out? Yeah, yeah. I remember it being a, a pretty good-sized story. Mm. I mean, I was surprised. I, I didn't know. You were? Yeah, I mean, I really was. I, I don't know. I didn't put... And what two and two there was to put together, I didn't think there was a two or a two. <laughs> See, I, like, when I, I remember being in high school and being in America and listening to Judas Priest, and this one guy was like, dude, did you hear Rob Halford came out? Who would have thought? I'm like, really? This is surprising to you? The guy that wore bondage gear and assless chaps on stage every single night for three years? This is somehow headline news? Okay, then. Well, yeah, but, but there were other, there were hair bands out there, heavy metal bands where guys were wearing eye makeup and had long hair and, you know, and uh, very colorful clothing, and they weren't gay, so I, I, I don't know, I guess I just didn't pick up on And I guess David Lee Roth, one of the great rock and roll etherios of all time, was also into the assless chaps. Zibbity yeah, bop! Yeah, yeah. Right, right. It's the AD Show, AD, U-Man, and Jenna. Now, U-Man, if Brian Johnson from ACDC came out as being gay, I think that would be significantly more surprising to me than Rob Halford of Judas Priest. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't think there are any gay guys in ACDC's history. I mean... At least from, from uh, the content of their lyrics... You wouldn't think there were any. Well, I mean, you know, Australian, down under, didgeridoo, didgeridoo. <laughs> uh, but the, case in point, case in point, if you talk to Rob Halford of Judas Priest, who, by the way, is a personal hero of mine for so many different reasons, mostly because of the battle he had to go through just to be himself and the fact that he came through the other side victorious, sober, dealt with all of his stuff and found a way to be himself and still be the front man of one of the biggest metal bands of all time. If you talk to Rob Halford about this, he'll tell you that he's amazed that people never picked up on the graphic depictions of his recreational love life in Judas Priest lyrics. But when he talks about coming out and people being surprised, he's like, really? Really? Ram it down? Nobody, Nobody's connected those dots? That first riff, that first coffee sip, that first laugh with A.D. The A.D. Roundtree Show, mornings on KC95. John and I quote, bodies revving in leather heaven. <laughs> KC95, it's the A.D. Show. A.D., you man checking in from Phoenix and Jenna. Good morning, you two. Hi. John? John? Hello? You man? No, the lily of the valley. Oh, no. John, can you hear us? Oh, there you are. <laughs> there we go. Where, where were you? I was just getting a drink of water. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> you know, we're getting ready to get people hooked up with these tickets to go see the guys in Judas Priest. Yeah. Were you aware that you have a chance to see Judas Priest before St. Louis sees Judas Priest? And it's not because they're playing in Phoenix where you are right now, John. No. Rob Halford is essentially your neighbor. Are you familiar with a neck of the woods called Paradise Valley in Phoenix, Arizona? 
Absolutely. I was just driving through there the other day, as a matter of fact. Well, you might have a Rob Halford spotting out there. He's made that his home for like the past 30 or so years. Wow, that's mm -hmm. not that big of an area either. I mean, uh, mm. and there's probably not nope. too many Rob Halford-looking dudes in one of the nicer subdivisions of of Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah, he yeah, uh, it is a nice area. Yeah, like you, he's sort of a snowbird of heavy metal. He will spend his winter time in Phoenix and then go back to the north of England, where he's originally from, during the summers for a quick visit. But all right. You say one of your favorite things about snowbirding in Phoenix is one of the casinos nearby you has all-you-can-eat crab legs, and you love them, just love them, right, John? Yeah, and by the way, I went again this past Friday, and not like the previous Friday, they were very good. Oh, see, there you go. We're up and running. All right, have you ever heard of the casino Wild Horse Pass? Because apparently that's Rob Halford's favorite. Are you kidding me? I kid you not, my friend. You and Rob Halford are neighbors, and if you're eating crab legs and he likes to play slots occasionally, I think it's only a matter of time before the twain shall meet. Oh, that's got to be my goal then this winter to somehow hunt him down and get a photo and put it on the uh, KSU website. Yeah, man. He said he likes to play slots with the friendly purple-haired ladies at Wild Horse Pass. Time to dye your hair purple, so what, John. Yeah, what remains oh, of it? Wow. Dye it purple and get that picture for us, John. The AD Show with AD Roundtree. Mornings on KC95, St. Louis's classic rock. John, you have a mission now, and that mission is to meet Rob Halford of Judas Priest in the wild. It's a human scavenger hunt for rock stars in Phoenix. I love this idea. How about you? Alice Cooper's down here, too. See? Oh. It just makes sense that you're spending more and more time there with your fellow rock royalty. It's the AD Show. AD, John in from Phoenix, Arizona. And Jenna. John, you were saying as we were giving away those Judas Priest tickets that you were surprised when Rob Halford of Judas Priest came out. Yeah, back then I didn't have, any, have a clue. I mean, you know, he, I thought he hit it pretty well. Mm, given the bondage gear and the assless chaps, I was not quite as surprised as you were. Let me ask you this. What about when Freddie Mercury came out? But let me say this, though. When you were guessing these type of things, uh, uh, being openly gay was becoming more of an acceptable thing. You knew more of the clues than we did back then. Uh, it was a different time when I was guessing versus when you were guessing. Right. No, I can see that. Yeah, yeah no, I, yeah. I, I came up in a slightly more enlightened era. And, you know, I guess I could just kind of like, it's a weird thing, but I like boobs, have always liked boobs. They have been a motivating force in my life for a very long time. And when I meet a feller that is interested in the romantic attention of another feller, I can often tell that they are differently motivated than me. I, they don't have to, it's not like I have to notice them not observing big honking boobs as they walk by to know, but I just, something about it, and I just, I kind of, I, it, it was beyond the assless chaps and the bondage gear. I just felt as though Rob Halford's goals in life were slightly different than mine. Yeah. Well, even Elton John, I mean, and he did have that uh, that brief marriage, which was, I guess, what he would call those type marriages. Um, oh, there's a word for it. I don't know if Elton John was out to himself when he was married, though. I, I like, I don't think it was, what, what What's the yeah. expression of beard? Well, I think, like I don't think. Yeah, he, no, he wasn't out to himself. No, but, you're probably right. But, but but even him, even Freddie. I mean, Freddie Mercury. I, I mean, that that one was a little easier. But in in the 70s, I had no clue. Really? 
See, I was less surprised by Freddie Mercury, and I wasn't surprised at all by Rob Halford of Judas Priest, but I was less surprised of Freddie Mercury, mostly because I'd seen the old interview footage of Freddie Mercury early on in the band's history being asked, hey, so why is the band called Queen? And watching Freddie just being like, oh, 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 come on, really? Make the most of your morning with A.D. Roundtree. My morning show. My morning show rocks. St. Louis's classic rock. It's the AD Show. AD, you man checking in from his home studio in the kitchen in his underwear in Arizona. Ah. <laughs> and Jenna. Oh, it's so free. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, letting the little ulet fly. Hey, speaking of letting things fly, John. We're coming up on the AD Roundtree, and you and I have spent so much time talking about Judas Priest today. We've given away some Judas Priest tickets. That was a good time. But we should probably play some Judas Priest. So we decided, John, that we would play your favorite Judas Priest song, which isn't my favorite, but it's a favorite. Mm. Yeah, yeah. This is a Casey classic. mm -hmm, And it's Early Priest off of an album that came out, I think, in 1978. It is a song all about a mass murderer and... If you haven't figured out which song we're talking about from all the clues, when we do eventually play it, John, you're in for a surprise. You're, you're in, in for a shock. Loud noises. Mornings on KC95. KSHE HD1. Crestwood, St. Louis. This is KC95, St. Louis's classic rock. Songs you know, songs you love, but songs you might not have heard in a while. A.D., KC's Professor of Rock, digs deep into our library. Oh, 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 it's really dusty in here. Picks out some long-lost favorites and tells the stories behind them. This is the A.D. Round Treat. The A.D. Round Treat is brought to you by your St. Louis Symphony Orchestra. Experience every electrifying moment. Tickets are at slso.org. John... Yeah. You and I have given out some Judas Priest tickets this morning. We've talked an awful lot about Rob Halford of Judas Priest, his struggles with his identity that led him to seek refuge in rehab. We've talked about the fact that he is one of the greatest rock voices of all time. We've talked about the fact that living in Paradise Valley in Phoenix, he's a neighbor of yours and likes to go to the same casinos. And it's amazing that you haven't run into him out there while you're doing snowboard <laughs> snowboard radio. Yeah, I mean, I would recognize him. I, I have, have no problem you know, knowing who he would be, but I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not going to the same casino. When I go to the casino to eat all the crab legs, it's not the same one he goes and plays uh, slots with purple-haired ladies. Well, here's the thing, John. The uh, Wild Horse Casino, I believe it is, is the one he likes to frequent. And uh, you've made no bones about it. You're not braggy, but you've done awfully well for yourself. Rob Halford has probably done a little bit better being a zillionaire rock star since the late 70s. He's probably doing okay for money. So I would hazard a guess that if you go to the casino and your neighborhood that he likes to go to, not only will you possibly run into Rob Halford and we can complete the Casey John and Phoenix scavenger hunt, but also, also the crab legs, they are probably even better. 
Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I'll have to look around. The only casino that I've seen that has the crab legs, and that is my only draw to casinos, to be honest with you. Uh, it's the one called Wicopa. Mm-hmm. And uh, and by the way, the casinos down here, no smoking. Yeah. Missouri, mm-hmm. what are you doing? Come on, catch up. Let's go. You'd have more people like me coming into your place there if you'd quit doing the smoking. But, yeah, and people still go go in big numbers and gamble without smoking. But anyway. Yeah, well, you, when, when you can smell ashtray, it, ta- it takes some of the shine off of the prospect of eating crab legs. It's true. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So, yeah, but but they're probably on tour, right? I mean, he's probably not here now. I don't think they've started yet. But, John, are you telling me that you don't think that Rob Halford can afford to fly home for delicious, delicious crab legs on the weekend? <laughs> he probably can. I yeah. think you should make this your new mission. I mean, after all, you're flying back here for life, death, and other scary things. And then doing what? Going right back to Phoenix to eat more crab legs at a smokeless casino. That's true. Yeah. All right. So we thought we would play the U-Man's favorite Judas Priest song. It's one of our favorites as well. It goes all the way back to 1978. And it is a what, John? It is. Well, though, a it's, it's, a case, what? it's a Casey classic is what oh, it's it is. it's a Casey classic, yes. Yeah, you yes, might have yes. heard John break this out on years. the classic show. And yeah. uh, it's a song that documents the life of a British mass murderer. <laughs> And by the way, you're right. His tour doesn't start. Their tour doesn't start till April 18th. So he's probably here. I'm telling you, you're a hop, skip, yeah. and a jump away from crab legs with rock stars if you play your cards right. In the meantime, a song written about one of the most famous mass murderers of all time. If you haven't figured it out now, John, what are you in for? I'm in for a surprise. You're in, in. for a shock. It's Judas Priest, The Ripper, about Jack the Ripper is on Casey. <laughs> Very good, John. We've missed you hitting the high notes on the show. Judas Priest and The Ripper on KC95. A song that did you know, John, was mocked and parodied in the movie This Is Spinal Tap. Do you remember when they were talking about having a song called Saucy Jack? I, I kind of remember it. Mm. Saucy Jack being Jack the Ripper as well. True story. Oh, you know, yeah, go ahead. Uh, it was just an interesting piece of rock trivia. And speaking of rock trivia, John, I thought it would be a real freaking hoot to pit you against an audience member in the College of Rock and Roll Knowledge. Five Led Zeppelin trivia questions to win your way into see Celebration Day pay tribute to the music of Zeppelin. That sounds like a good time, right? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. what were you about to say before that? Uh, I was going to say that, um, oh, what was I going to say? Dang it, uh, something, oh my gosh, I forgot. Oh, well, this is great. Okay, all right, priest cool. And, yeah, uh, uh-huh. something, yeah, something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, crap, it'll come to me as soon as we go into commercial. Good, well, hold on to that. Perhaps write it down and we'll edit <laughs> this can be a new game. What was John going to say about Judas Priest's answer on the other side and your chance to win the I don't know what? John, when you're on the show, you know what happens? All things go to hell. We all win. The AD Show with AD Roundtree. This is where you're going to stay. Mornings on KC95. Casey, good morning. What's up? Hey, what's falling about the going head-to-head with you, man? Oh, you want to take on John in the Led Zeppelin College of Rock and Roll Knowledge. Do you know your Zeppelin pretty well? No, but I know John pretty well. And you think you could take him? Well, I've known him for quite a few years. Ah, right. The mid-70s. You'll have a chance to take on John and see who has more brain cells left since the 70s in just a little bit. Call when I tell you to call, all right? I'm in. Show. Welcome to the party, pal. 
mornings on KC95. John, do you know that guy? Do you think you know who that is? Uh, his, his voice sounded somewhat familiar, yeah. Mm, he was like, I don't necessarily know Zeppelin, but I know John, and I like my chances. <laughs> I believe that's a gauntlet being thrown down. It's time for the College of Rock and Roll Knowledge on KC95. Chris, good morning. How you doing? I'm great. Thank uh, you. All right. So here's the deal. You, for this pair of tickets to go see Celebration Day, pay tribute to the music of Led Zeppelin, are going to be taking on the one and only you, man, in the College of Rock and Roll Knowledge. Five Led Zeppelin rock and roll trivia questions. How do you like your chances? Against John, not great, but I'm going to give her a whirl. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. No, see, vote of confidence for you there, John. The other guy who called was like, oh, I don't know much about Zeppelin, but I know about John, and I think I can win. <laughs> All right, <laughs> so you made the trivia questions about me. Yeah. I know I'd win that. <laughs> yeah. All right, John. So you know how this works. You have to walk away from the kitchen where you are doing your show in okay. Phoenix, Arizona, not listen so you don't have the advantage, and we'll call you when it's time to come back. All right? Sounds good. All right. Chris, Bye. are you ready to rock? I'm ready, man. All right, let's do this. Question number one. What is the name of Led Zeppelin's bass player? Oh, uh, that's John Paul Jones. Question number two. What Led Zeppelin song starts with the lyrics, We come from the land of the ice and snow? Uh, that would be... Uh... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we come from the land of the ice and snow. I need an answer from you. Oh, that would... Oh, crap. I'll say immigrant song, but I know that's wrong. Question number three. Fill in the blank. The title of Led Zeppelin's sixth album was Blank Graffiti. Physical. Question number four. True or false? Led Zeppelin drummer John Bonham was the best man at Ozzy Osbourne's wedding. Uh, false. And finally, question number five. In 1974, six years before they would cease to exist, Led Zeppelin launched their own record label. What was it called? Man, I'm not super confident, but it might have been House is a Holy Record. I don't know. House is the oh, Holy Record? <laughs> all Records, right. yeah. All right, that's all five questions. You, man, come back in the room. I'm doomed. <laughs> Hello. All right, so Chris feels like he had a poor showing, but I've got some news for Chris and some news for you. You are going to have to have your acts together on this one because Chris got four out of five right. Well done, Chris. That's an excellent showing no matter what happens. So you have to beat Chris. You got to get five out of five. Otherwise, otherwise, Chris walks away with the tickets and the bragging rights having passed through the College of Rock and Roll Knowledge. John, are you ready? Yeah, I guess. Uh-huh. <laughs> John, and feel free to harass John, Chris, while you listen. <laughs> Led Zeppelin trivia question number one. What is the name of Led Zeppelin's bass player? That's John Paul Jones. You are correct. 
It's neck and neck. It's one and one. John, question number two. Which Led Zeppelin song starts with the lyrics, We come from the land of the ice and snow? An immigrant song. That is also correct. Chris, you weren't sure you got that one right. Well done. John, fill in the blank. We're still neck and neck. The title of Led Zeppelin's sixth album was Blank Graffiti. Physical. You are right. You're both right. We are still tied, even Stevens, three to three. John, true or false? Led Zeppelin drummer John Bonham was the best man at Ozzy Osbourne's wedding. His marriage to Sharon or mm -hmm. his first marriage or what? Mm -hmm. I have no more details. True no or false, details. John Bonham was the best man at Ozzy Osbourne's wedding. Mm. I'm going to say he was not, but I don't know who it was. You are correct. It was a trick oh question. Oh. Tony Iommi, guitar player for Black Sabbath, knew John Bonham really well. Before they both became famous, they used to hang out at the same pubs together. And John Bonham was the best man at Tony Iommi's wedding. You both got that one right. Oh. We are still neck and neck. And finally, finally, for all the marbles, and I have to inform you, Chris, that Ty goes to the house in 1974. Six years before they would cease to exist, Led Zeppelin launched their own record label. What was it called? Led Zeppelin, uh, their record label was uh, Swan Song, wasn't it? Oh, John got hey! five right. Way to go by the mm. narrowest of margins. Chris, I am sorry. But John beat you, which means that was, that was, oh my gosh, my heart rate is up. That was a neck and neck competition until the very end when John pipped you with a really tough question. Very well played, sir. But nevertheless, I need you to say as follows. I'm Chris and I flunked out of the College of Rock and Roll Knowledge. I'm Chris and I flunked out of the College of Rock and Roll Knowledge. Better luck next time. It's the AD show. AD, you man in from Phoenix and Jenna. I'm having a bit of heartache, John, because, well, after this, you got to go away. Yeah, yeah, the show's over. Mm hmm. Show's that was over. The past four hours for me, man. I don't know about you. Yeah. Thank you for having me today. Oh, thank you for filling in for Chris while he gets his uh, nether regions probed. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be back tomorrow to explain exactly how it went for his inaugural colonoscopy. Yeah, oh, his first one ever. Yeah, he's a young guy. So, yeah, this is that's a big moment in someone's life to get that first one, you know? <laughs> if you say so. Uh, but, yeah, it was As long as the results are good. Yeah, yeah. The, we'll check in on the maiden voyage of the SS Starfish for Chris tomorrow. Uh, before we go, though, we got to talk about the next time that you're going to be back. Life, death, and other scary things in evening with John Hewlett, hosted by Ron Stevens, and I believe emceed by yours truly February 29th, man. Yeah, and thank you for doing that. Yeah, uh, we're looking forward to it. You know, we got a lot of stuff going on. Ron's doing most of the planning. Mm -hmm. And a lot of what he has planned, he's not told me because I'm going to be, it's going to be sprung on me that night. And that's the scary part of the whole thing for me. I mean, yeah, death is scary. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I'm totally against it. Uh, <laughs> and life can be scary. But nothing's going to be more scary than to be on that stage in front of a bunch of people. And 
being probed. You think Chris is being probed today. <laughs> <laughs> this, this probe on the 29th oh, at the Sheldon okay. is going to be the kind of probe that will possibly bring me down to tears. And I might fall up into a little, you know, a little... little you make it Frilly. sound like you're getting a colonoscopy out there. It show. could be. Who it knows? Could, yeah, that, sort of. You might have that plan, too. They might have doctors on stage and everything. Put me out and stick something up my butt and mm. show everybody on the screen what my colon looks like. I well, don't know. you can grab details, tickets, and information for the U-Man's <laughs> emotional colonoscopy, life, death, and other scary things of Acacia95.com. I'm now rethinking my decision to MC it. But nevertheless, <laughs> I'll be there for you on Leap Day, February 29th. We got one more thing to take care of, though, and that is Final Vinyl. This day in 1987, John Bon Jovi and the crew went number one with Slippery When Wet. We pitted which two songs against each other, Jenna? We did Raise Your Hands and Social Disease. Let's talk a little bit longer so that Bon Jovi bleeds over into Favaz's show. Uh, I don't know about that one. Which song won? <laughs> Raise Your Hands won the vote today. All right, hit it.